I am unashamed. What about you? Yeah, so so the uh what what is Missy College asked? The ordeal. The ordeal has the, begun. The ordeal. <laughs> Hunting season has started as of Saturday. We went opening day, uh, which was Saturday. We killed about twenty five? Yeah, three or four. Twenty five. Twenty five. And then today That was more of a social event. I, I've learned that opening <laughs> day it's there's a lot of rust and the ducks are localized for people who don't duck, duck hunt they don't probably know what that means but once duck once ducks sit in a place for a while they don't leave and come back there they just live there yeah so when you set up they're all like well who are those what, what's going on well, basically <laughs> when you bust up in there at five o'clock in the morning yeah they start saying, "Let's get out of here." <laughs> well, they started is. getting up, and when we pulled out there, yeah. they would get almost ran over a gadwall. Yeah, but at five o'clock in the morning, right? So then, when the shooting starts, you just can't work them in to the hole, and it's. But we did pretty good. Well, so it was then, scrappy. Then yesterday, for church was was not a bad hunt, but it was frustrating. It was dead. It's been dead calm first two days, so motion became the number one thing. Right. Which caused me, we used to have a system that Jay invented. He had taken about three different pieces, one of them involving a big motor, and created a a jerk-free uh, decoy. decoy string right. type. This thing Moves. worked. No human needed. Yeah, you plug it up to a battery, and they don't sell them. He just made it. Yeah. So he couldn't find those motors after about two years of, I mean, I thought that thing was the most awesome thing. So last year we didn't have it and we didn't do as well. So I offered him a hundred bucks last year. Because to, to describe to the audience, so, because if you're not a duck hunter, when you see a bunch of ducks on the water, which is what you're trying to portray with decoys, they're constantly moving, real ducks. Right. moving. And I mean, when the wind's blowing, doesn't matter because the wind is blowing your decoys enough right. to where they think, it oh, gives it the those illusion. are real. Right. But when it's dead calm, which is what it was, basically all three days, then they, they get up. So your, Sunday was so frustrating because they would come down, big bunches, and get almost in and veer off. And we had Phil's dog who, the older he gets, the louder he gets. And so we concluded that we need motion on the decoys. He's a whiner. He whines. And yeah. on, on calm days, we need to leave that dog at the house. So Because you can hear him. The sound travels across the water. It's like yeah. being married to a high-strung woman. <laughs> and she's so high-strung that she's always, always fine. <laughs> like that. Well, this dog is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, he was scaring the ducks. So what I did was, yeah, I said, I'll give a man, because they all know how to build this complicated contraption. It's way out of my ability. I, I've told this on the podcast. I'm good at destruction. Yeah, it's not any your particular kind of, skill set to, <laughs> I to tear build it things. Yeah. That, yeah. So I said, <laughs> I'll buy the parts. If you they, say, they don't make, you know, Goblin's been with us. He's back. Yeah. They don't make them anymore. Nope, they can't do I it. said, well, I got $500 to the man who can build one. You said five crisp $100 bills. Five crisp. I noticed one. they all got quiet when you were <laughs> saying Look, that. they didn't respond, so I thought, and then I went on a speech about $500 don't mean anything. <laughs> I said, y'all are all fat and rich, I guess, because $500, I thought that would move they the They used to motivate people. Well, it did, because <laughs> no, they were sitting there thinking, now, where... <laughs> And look, the next day, they had that thing. I said, I thought you, they didn't sell the motors anywhere. They're like, well, we got a bit. We found a bigger one. Yeah. And then they, it took them one day. I was going to give them the money, but that they, they didn't have it set up right. And the Mallard Drake was torpedoing the decoy out of the water. That's and I good. said, that's a scarecrow. It looks like a shark with a sea on his mouth. Yeah. He, he was just trying to, he was trying to go skyward, but he had a big piece of star on. Duck saw that and said, no. No. Well, see, that, Gowan, that didn't seem natural. Gowan said, I got it working. You know, where, where, where when you going? Where's he, the he money? He wouldn't say, you know, I said, well, I'm going to go see how it works. <laughs> and so when it looked like a shark jumping out of the water, I said, no, nope, you came close, but no prize. Well, today they said they had it. They went back to the engineer. Of course, we, it gets daylight. They turned it on. Well, guess what? Wouldn't work. 
Oh, boy. I said, well, you come close again, but you're getting closer. <laughs> so they took a saw, got out there at about 30 minutes after daylight, and he got it working. A yeah. saw? Well, I think some, they, oh, they're, okay. some they're, of their contraption. Their geometric plan was a little off, yeah. and, and part of their contraption was was. So this We're sounds like quite the feat of redneck engineering. Here. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, it's a if you could have had a Duck Dynasty episode on this. I mean, this is an invention. Yep. And the reason I'm not going to go into details because if they ever figure out how to sell it, everybody in the world would buy it. But I don't know how you'd sell it because it would cost a thousand dollars for the labor in parts. <laughs> I feel like I got a deal for the five hundred dollars. Look, they got bags to put this thing together. Yeah. Huge bags. All yeah. I want to know is, have you paid them yet? I will pay them as soon as this is over. They went they went checking their deer cameras, but they're going to pull up, and I'm going to give them five $100 bills. So I guess bill. they're going to split it amongst themselves. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, still they're, but then I'm going to tell them, I'll give you another 500 if you got another. I want two of them. Because you got to have a backup. Break, yep, yeah. when there's some breaks. Oh, smart. So really, we killed uh, we killed 30 today, which was one of the better hunts that we've had in years. Yes. Yeah, I don't think and, there was a 30-day last year, was it? One. Wow. One we're, day. One, one and this day. is on day three, so that's and a pretty you know good what? sign. I have to admit, now I'm completely exhausted, but <laughs> we were talking about that before we started here. It feels like, hey, wait till you get to 74. I said, well, the problem is y'all are 74, <laughs> and I'm having to do all the work. <laughs> so I'm out of shape, which was obvious today. The younger but, bucks are getting, now they're in their 50s. That's right. So everything is slowing down. Uh, and Stone is the youngest. We didn't have the dog. See. My long right. lost so, daughter. I'm, every time I look around now, she's sitting in the blind. I'm oh, like, well, she loves it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because so she. So the bloodline, the ge- genetics there. She's yeah. right in there early. And of course, the first day, I don't know how she did today, but the first day I was sitting next to her. Yeah. So she was just, she couldn't get the, she. you know, duck hunting is about anticipation. Well, and she couldn't ever get. Well, she's worried about being safe, which is good. It's good. And, uh, but day three so today, she shot half a box of shells, yeah. so she's fitting right in with Sai and the rest of them now. <laughs> of course, we had to get some. She was looking at the target and pulling the trigger, and because she was shooting high. Yeah. You know, when the ducks on the water, right. you can tell where you. Shoot oh, so y'all lit some for her today. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, she see, but as the day went on, she kept getting closer. And closer, and finally, at about we nine o'clock, her, like shoot the cripples, right? Yeah, you know, anything which is great because that's how you learn how to do it. Yeah, but so she I, was scared, and then she, you know, <laughs> well, and nervous because we're like, here you go, what to do, yeah. and here's all these bearded, you know, duck hunters. That's that, a first in uh, the duck men's history. That that we're that that oh. means we're mellowing quickly. <laughs> well, now it's. I thought about that the other day. The caption would be the duck men. In parentheses, and woman yeah. of Louisiana. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. now that's I mean, why I said opening day was a social event. Because yeah. I thought I'm not. They were, you know. Now here's what you do, and you know when they start all that, it's hard for me to keep my edge <laughs> about. Me. Well, it was good because first I was giving Phyllis pointers about stuff. Is because I didn't. You know, you don't think about. It. We've been doing it our whole lives, and so. You anticipate what ducks are going to do, what each other are going to do. Oh, yeah. You know, so much of it is unsaid communication in a duck blind. I mean, as as hard as I get on everybody when we, you know, we're getting old and we're not (laughs) performing as well. Today, I I, I saw some signs. Some flashes? Past grandeur. We had a bunch of seven ducks come in there, and we shot them all very quickly. That's hard to do. of course, Cy, as soon as it's over, Cy said, boys, I went, I got three. No, what did he say? He said, I'll kill one. Then my second shot, I killed three in one shot. <laughs> so basically, he's saying he so killed the whole bunch. Then I, as, as happy OJ's as second, I was. He was the one who was doing good. <laughs> right. As happy as I was that we got him, then I thought, yep, and then there's that. <laughs> he's got a 20 gauge that won't shoot over about 10 yards. You That's know, right. And he peeled out three that were about five yards apart somehow. <laughs> So what side things when he's shooting and he's seeing ducks are falling that he's he's getting everything. That's like it. his mindset, like he sees the them falling. Right. He, he's 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 picturing in the military throwing a carpet bomb out there <laughs> and everything falling. 
So he shoots. He sees it all fall. He says, yeah, boy, I tell He's you. never thinking that there are three men on either side mm-hmm. of him, and they're all shooting at the same time. But in his mind, he's like, boys, look what I just did. Oh, that's the maddest, I killed them all. That's the maddest <laughs> he got at me last year because he kept claiming ducks. And I said, oh, you've got it figured out. If you get up beside me and shoot right with me, you're going to kill all kinds of duck, more than you ever imagined. <laughs> well, he's, he switched ends. He used to hunt next to Dad. And now he's moved down there next to his He is, stuff. but he's, he's a lot more mellow. You know, yeah. Me and him had a knockdown drag out last year. and That I ran forgot. across about three days, didn't it? Of I hunting. forgot what it was even about, <laughs> which is odd. What well, it ain't the first what time. What was that about? It I was, can't remember, but I, I remember Stone coming home and telling me all about it. Uh, but it's a lot of banter going on. But, uh, you know, one time we pulled the 25% trick. A Mallard Drake lit it about 85, 90 yards. Way over there. He sat there for a while. Jay said, Old Milo Drake's just sitting there. I said, Okay, here we go. I said, Phyllis, you've never seen this happen before, but this is a trick. We're going to trick that duck. We're going to get that duck. She said, But he's way over there. I said, He's going to come right to here. She said, We ain't going to call him. I said, No, we ain't going to call him. I said, We're going to put an echo in behind him. I said, it don't work but 25% of the time. Yep, the echo I said, but it's worth it. Worth one shell. I said, y'all ready? I got ready. I said, all right, get ready. Here we go. I aimed over him. Right. About 20 yards. Boom. So the shot echoed in behind him. He jumped up, and here he comes. He going. He thought there's somebody on the other side. Right, right. So but he, he started come, leaning away. Leaning away, but, but he, that wind, he just turned and... He got into the mouth of the tiger. Boom, 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 bow. Down he comes. She said, that was that was awesome. <laughs> she said, I wouldn't have thought he would come this way if you shot at him. I said, I'm not shooting at him. I'm right. shooting over him where the echo behind him, and yep. he thinks somebody over there. And, and here you go. But said, you got to hunt a long time to try stuff I said, like the that. The problem is that doesn't work, but 25% uh, of the we've time. We've seen bunches do it, like a whole oh, yeah. bunch come over. Yeah. But you're right, it's a... Well, that's kind of, in a way, I think it's kind of been fun with Phyllis joining the ranks because yeah. it's a, you know, we're kind of teaching your skills to, you know, and like you said, you and I looked at each other when she was putting her face paint on Saturday, it was like, she, she's got, she wants to be here. She's like, let's do it again tomorrow. I informed her when I said, let me see some of that stuff. I said, I informed her that I said, this is as close as we ever come to Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Put our makeup you know, on. Women, they're particular about that Maybelline. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're trying to get it perfect. That's right. This is ours. The uh, the smudge face, which y'all are looking really good today with that. It's, it just adds to we literally Between that and the tired eyes, you just look like we you just had to remember. We literally you have came to, out of the blind. You have to remember <laughs> to wash it off before you take a nap after one of these big time duck hunts <laughs> because if you don't, your, your pillow will be black. Oh, yeah. Well, yesterday I put a f- white face mask on because I went in the store because I was trying to find some motion. I didn't think this $500 was going to work. And then when I got back to the truck, when I took it off, I was like, well, that's all of that. <laughs> it's all on your mask? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess women have the same. No, they do. So so in my truck, you know, now everybody's you got all your mask in your car with you cause to go in the store. And I'll pick one up to put it on, and it'll just be solid makeup. Oh, and then I know that's Lisa's mask. And I was like, man, that just seems nasty what, to me. What, you reckon a microbe could hang on a on a makeup? I Which would, is the whole thing about this stupid mask. Well, was, you know, so I haven't gotten around to wearing a mask yet. But <laughs> but you don't go anywhere either. So I, haven't been not in, I haven't been in a store in five years. <laughs> yeah, so. You're good. Yeah, I think you're When's okay. the last time you've been to a restaurant? Years. <laughs> years and years. Now you're good. <laughs> We used to go some. We'd go to New York and stuff back in the day. With Dad, yeah. we'd go some, but it's been a while. True. Let's take a break. So the Sunday is the first time I've had an ache or a pain in a long time. My back was hurting, uh-oh. and I was like, "Uh oh!" You know, ever since I've been taking the Omega XL, no aches and pains. But then it hit me. I realized what happened on Saturday. We sat in that duck blind. I was on that bucket. 
the whole time. Yeah. And man, I mean, my back. And you shot a box of shells. And I shot a box of shells. And two or three times I got too low on this, you know, how you get low on your arm. And I was just like a rookie, you know. So, I mean, I was like, for the first time, I was like, and yeah. I thought, well, has my Omega quick working? No, today I feel great. So it was just, <laughs> it was that back. But that's what happens. You don't realize you crawl up in one of these duck lines and put yourself in a rough position and sit there for six and hours. Just have somebody come up with a bat and hit your shoulder <laughs> 25 times. That's right. Yeah, you probably won't feel that's good. That's all right. So I am glad, Dad, that we, you and I have been taking the Omega XL because it basically attacks inflammation and inflammation is what causes the problem you get the painful stiff joints and all these type things so it's been really good for us uh i have a lot of people that are telling me they're taking it which is great if you hadn't tried it uh go to omega xl and you get uh, if you buy the first bottle you get the second bottle free omega xl.com that's omega xl.com slash fill or you can call them 800-844-4888 that's 800-844-4888 If you could get the American public to roll like I roll, I mean, according to the experts, it wouldn't be any coronavirus. Yeah, the problem is it, it it eventually gets around because you still have interaction with us. We got our crew that films us. It's you know, it's really hard to just like never be around anybody for your whole life. And there's been some people that tried it. I mean, and and I feel bad for. Them. I think about all the ones that you know. We still got people. We've been now. What's this been since May? I mean, no March. They haven't been able to come and meet with us. Older people, you know, they're afraid to get out. I mean, they're just in their homes locked down for yeah. 10 months. That's pretty sad. I think the whole reasoning behind God creating the woman was he made that line that said it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. Also, he said, and I, I just I just respectfully uh, said, no, uh, greet each other with a holy kiss. I'm like, <laughs> That's true. I've used that before. Yeah, coronavirus. Hey, I'm but, like, no, but you know what, what Dad? You know I, I haven't been. I never was lovey-dovey, you know, but uh, <laughs> but when the coronavirus comes, I, I, I do make it a kind of a... You know what's weird about that? So I went to Romania in 1991 on a mission. First time I'd ever left the country. And so we're meeting these brothers there. The country had just come out of communism, you know, and they had the dictator, Ceausescu, you know, they overthrew him. And so the, all of a sudden the gospel's coming in. Well, we were going in with it. And so, but the thing about it was they didn't know about community because when you live under those totalitarian regimes, they don't want people getting together. So, so all. That's why the powers that be at the time, the Marxist crowd. Right. That's why they're already tilling that soil. That's exactly right. To get you used to being basically Told under lockdown all the yeah, time. Exactly. So community, they wouldn't look anybody in the eye. So we come in, we were, you know, big on small groups. No know? singing, no praying. That spreads the coronavirus. Exactly. You rob, loot, shoot, run in the street, no, no, no spread there. But if you're going to sing hymns that's about God Almighty, no. So we're meeting these new Christians and what was funny is their culture, these are Armenians and Romanians, so their culture, when they greet somebody, is with a kiss, a kiss on each cheek. Each cheek. And so we come into their culture, and the first time, you know, this young brother comes up and he kisses me on both cheeks, I mean, you fear, uh, it was a beard stubble, you know, and I'd never felt beard stubble, you they know. They tried that with me, but I, I went the, <laughs> I, I learned the head bob, and so, because some cultures, you know, they'll just. They'll go to do it, but it's a it's an error. <laughs> so I perfected that because I was like, no. Well, I did it, and then and what was weird? We were there three weeks. By the end of the three weeks, it didn't feel it felt like a, a handshake with these people. No, it always felt awkward to me, but, but I'm, I've I have, never done it since. I have germophobic. That's tendencies. pretty well that 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 particular maneuver is pretty well died out, isn't it? Well, it has here. I don't know if they still do it over there or not. But you know, you're talking about community, Jace. So there was a the guy responded yesterday at our church. I was just thinking about it. And he and he's a good friend of ours. We know well, and he's having issues with his daughter mm-hmm. and the internet and all this stuff. But you know, he's a pretty stoic person. And but yesterday he was this thing had been weighing on him so much that he needed people to surround him and pray for him for and he and his family. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about that that need for community, you know, that we talk about. Because yeah. in, in that case yesterday, um, 
like he needed that, you know, and I saw the people that surrounded him and were hugging him and saying, you know, it's going to be okay. And he's not the kind of guy would ever ask for help. But I mean, he felt at the end of his rope or shed or shed tears. But I mean, what's happening is everybody's cooped up for the most part. I mean, even, you know, even us, we're spending more time at our homes and for various, because you can't, there's very few events that even function anymore. Well, you can't go to the movie. no you can't, I mean, you can't do We don't now. go to restaurants anyway. But these kids, especially young, 16 and younger, well, you know, it's quiet in their room and they have a cell phone. And it goes on for days and weeks and months. Well, some of them, because they're immature, just like we were when we were yep. 14, yep. they just go down uh, a black hole of darkness and they get manipulated from predators, pedophiles, wayward teenagers who are older than they are, and they're and they're using them. And that, that's that's what happens. That, that's why I say if you have a kid that's that age, and you're not checking on their phone, or I mean, if they have a phone, they either have been in it or they're in it now. Because it's especially when you get to some of these social media sites. Well, with Snapchat, Snapchat, TikTok. Yeah. And and these things are being developed basically to hide what's going on there. It's in the development. Snapchat originally. the evil one. Right. I agree. Snapchat was originally designed for. You know, married couples cheating on each other. Yeah, yeah. You tell, <laughs> I mean, you tell us about that. So it's a, it's a secret society. You know, once I got down, you know, which what I did with my daughter, who had just, you know, I caught her at the right time. It, mm-hmm. I, I had just gotten, I mean, she had just gotten involved, and once I got it imposed as as her, it's a lot easier to find out what's going on there. As long as they thought I was a teenager. Well, I started looking at their pages, and that's where I saw these predators. And here's these men who are coming to these young girls, and you know, yeah. saying what they want to hear, and right. you know, show me my, show me yours, I'll show you mine, type of deal. And and they're yeah. doing it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what these kids don't realize because immaturity is they're drawing attention that you don't want. These these people go to prison. Yeah. You know, they will rape you or perhaps kill you or, you know, sell you a bunch of drugs and you get hooked on that. But tell another. I'm glad it was pre-cell phone when y'all were raised. Well, I, don't, well, I, I, I didn't have to deal with all that. Yeah. Well, it just, it, Jason's right. It it was still, look, I was I was terrible at the same age, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. But it, it was a little bit more difficult to get into the mischief the way it is now. It's there even younger. And like Jay said, it's like 24 seven and you don't have any, they don't understand the ramifications. If you put new well, right. you know, pictures and videos yourself out there, somebody has those and it'll always be out there. You know, yeah, for somebody try getting get, a job when you're 25 and they Google you and here comes and a bunch just, of nude pictures when you were 14 and 15. I mean, and people that, are wondering why I just heard about it. And I said, they say your, your cell phone, you got your cell phone number. I said, no, I don't fool with a cell phone. I just don't do it. Well, I think it's a, Jason's right. It's a, that might be a little overkill, but I've decided to go down that. It's road. an uh, epidemic inside a pandemic because right. I think you're right. I think what happens is now a kid they're doing their school on the computer, so parents are getting so used to just them being connected to a device that they're not really even realizing what they're up to in some cases. And some of it has been good; they have been able to go to school. Uh, well, we're living with proof computer, that but, you can put well, good material on the cell phone. Well, That's I right. thought about it when you the, what we were going to talk about, which is why I wanted to mention that because I wanted you to. We talk about this from time to time. We have a lot of people with teenage kids in the audience, and I want them to know you have to be vigilant. Well, it's so frustrating to me because I talk to kids and parents a lot about this, just because we kind of went through it, and but a lot of these parents are just so naive and they think they're smarter than their kid because they are about everything else. Right. But you're not in technology. That's right. So they'll take away their phone, you know, and leave them their iPad. <laughs> well, guess what happened? Nothing. That's right. I mean, Same story. You have to clean out any kind of mechanical device out of the house and make a clean break, whether yep. it's from the friends or 
you know, talk to the parents or, you know, I mean, like with me, I attack. Right. So everybody that she was talking to, I called them up, said, we're, we're going to have a conversation here. And most of them, the parents were open to have a discussion because mm. they saw, you know, once I had took all these screenshots of what I saw, well, that got their attention. Because if you ask your kid or try to check their phone, you're never going to find out that way. Right. Number one, they're going to lie to you because yep. they don't want to disappoint you. Right. Number two, they have it designed where you're not going to see that, even though you think you are. You think, oh, well, I looked, and it's it's not happened. Right. So I'd had that. I had a conversation uh, with the fellow you were talking about weeks before, and I told him that advice, but he didn't do that. Right. Because he just, if you don't understand something, it's hard to know what to do. I was like, you have to get anything that's transmitting out of the house. Right. Because they're just other people's keep devices, other people's phones. It's yeah. almost, one of these two-way streets, I'm, I'm thankful that enough people have cell phones to be listening to us right now. Correct. But. I'm just well, saying. We're talking about young people. When though, you talk young people, naive, not you know? mature enough. Well, that's it's like anything else. Let's take another break. So we talk on here a lot about you know starting a small business that kind of grew into a medium-sized business. We never got really huge. I think at the heyday of our business, we had maybe it was crazy during the show and all that. Maybe maybe a hundred people that work for yeah. a Duck Commander. I mean, yeah. which is. Pretty big. That's a pretty good sized company. It's certainly something we couldn't have ever imagined just starting in the living room. Uh, but one of the things, of course, that Willie had to do when we got bigger was he had to get human resources help. And so for small business, um, you know, when you can't really afford to have a guy, you got to have some way to be able to deal with all your human resources problems. So there's a great company, Bambi, B A M B E E, that basically gives you an online dedicated HR manager. So you can phone, email, real-time chat, whatever you need. It's $99 a month. It's month-to-month, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. So if you go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Robertson, you get a free HR audit. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E.com slash Robertson. It's like anything else. You, you don't give you wouldn't give a kid a gun without training them how to use the gun. And I mean, so I'm saying is when it comes to maturity, sometimes they can't handle that. And, and I think you're right. I mean, really and truly, uh, and till a kid gets a certain age, they probably just need a flip phone, mom style where they, you know, you like them being able to know where they are and call them and all that, but you need just be able to, the internet is the issue with them. People say that. And I've said before, they're, they're wherever you tell them to be. You know, my daughter went two years without a phone. And look, what I like now is she laughs about it. When we talk about it, yeah. she's like, yeah, yeah, you learn how to play the piano. You, <laughs> you know, you play board games. You When there's nothing, I mean, <laughs> nothing. The first time, a couple of weeks. The second time, two years. Yeah. Because evidently we're not getting, you're not mature enough to handle this. So... And you know what? After a while, she embraced it. And I guarantee you, if you asked her, she's probably thankful. Right. That, that, that's why it's an immaturity issue. I, I know they just get into a web and get tangled, and they can't get out, and it becomes their identity. It's almost like being on drugs. Yeah. It's Somehow very, it's or addic- another. It's very addictive. The excitement of it all, and it doesn't seem real, and they're putting their best foot forward. Yeah. You know, they're being a version of themselves that. It's not them, but it's bigger than them and tougher and cooler, and they're using words that they wouldn't normally use. And they get hooked up with the wrong bunch, and the next thing you know, you know, somebody's calling the police. You say, what what happened here? Right. Because they don't realize the people that they're having conversations with are really bad people. That's right. Yep. Taking advantage of... America's youth is yeah. disturbing. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. I would say part of the resistance would be monitor your child and the and the computers. Yep. Well, what monitor was the quote, that Al? carefully. Right. What was the quote? That Jesus said, you know, I, that we're going to talk about when he was arrested. He said about darkness. Yeah, it was uh, it was Luke twenty two fifty three. 
you know, when this, and we're in John 18, if you guys are following along with us. So when the crowd shows up, it says they had torches and swords. And, and, and look, this is like over 100 people. It's a big crowd of people that come to get Jesus. And, of course, Judas is there, and he was the kind of, you know, the betrayer in the moment. This is the one. And But Jesus looks at them, and they're all got their, you know, like they're going after Frankenstein on a movie or something. All of a sudden, you know, we're going to go get him. You know, we're ready. And he looks at him. It's really interesting. He says in Luke 22, he says, every day I was with you in the temple courts. You didn't lay a hand on me. I mean, I'm the same guy is what he was telling him. Then he said this, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. And just the way he framed that, to me, that's one of the most chilling statements in the Bible. But I just thought about that, because what happened here? You had lies, deceit, betrayal. You had the innocent, which was Jesus, being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. over, what, 30 pieces of silver and and fear of of what he represented. What people forget is... It was predicted precisely that, including the role Judas played oh, right. hundreds and hundreds of years right. before it ever went down. Right. Which is it why. wasn't like Jesus walked into a trap. No. Yeah. It was, that's why he came. Well, right. Which is why later during the questioning and all the interrogation, he's like, you wouldn't, you know, because Pilate's like, I've got the power to kill you or let you go. And he was like, you have no power other than yeah. what's been given to you. But, you know, one of the things that struck me about that, Jace, was – in later in, in chapter 18, the high priest is questioning him. And so this is the first time they're kind of interrogating him. And he says the same thing he said to the crowd. He said, in essence, I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. In other words, I haven't had some secret rebellion going on. I've been very open and public about mm-hmm. what, we're, what we're talking about. Yeah, he Phil said, and I talked about that one day. He said, why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. In other words, mm-hmm. he said, why are you asking me? I've been teaching for three years. But here's what offended me so deeply in this text. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. And he says, is this the way you answer the high priest? And then Jesus said, if I said something wrong, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? But you know what, what What got me about that? Two things. One is that when people can't win an argument of ideas, because remember they were trying to stump him the whole time, and they never could yeah. best him, they always resort to violence. It's a, yeah. it's a smack in the mouth. And I think about what's going on today. You can't win the idea of argument, right? I mean, right. we're trying to push Marxism. We know it's not right. They know it's not right. They have no answer for it. So what do they do? Violence. Yep. You start striking people in the mouth. And, yep. and so that was the first thing I got. And the second thing was I thought about the, this guy's the high, former high priest and all these officials. God set it up, and Jesus was there. We established that from the beginning, that they would their job was to offer all these sacrifices to God. So the same people that were in charge of sacrificing things to God, now he's standing here in flesh, and what do they do? They slap him in the mouth. Yep. I mean, it's just, I just thought about it from Jesus' perspective how offensive that would be. Everyone you know? needs to understand Matthew sixteen twenty one. Listen to this. Uh, after, G- after Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, you've answered correctly. He said, upon that rock, me being who I say I am, I'll build my church, the gates of hell will not overcome it, and I'm going to give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So Peter's good to go and eventually preaches Jesus, him crucified and raised from the dead. But at the time, from that time on, after Peter said, you're the one, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, including being slapped down, slapped in the face. He already knew that. He knew what was coming. And that he must be killed. They're like, what? His disciples are, are, are sitting there listening to him. Jesus began to explain to his disciples, he must go to Jerusalem, get mistreated, die, and on the third day be raised alive. Peter took him aside. He said, listen, that's not going to happen to you. I mean, we're not going to let that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Peter pulled out his sword 
when right. they all came up there with the torches and all that, you know, he was going to fight them. Oh, yeah. You know, why don't we run and hide, go to a safer place? That's one in Matthew. I turn one page, 2018. Watch, you say, did that cover it? Now, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside and he said to them, we're going up to Jerusalem. The son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They'll condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles, the Romans, to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he'll be raised to life. And he's just telling them what's fixing to happen. My point is, it's not like you say, it's not like he didn't know. No, that's Matthew recorded that. I'll just give you a couple of them just to show you. Here's Mark 8. Uh, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They'll kill him. After three days, he'll rise. That's what Mark recorded. Hang on Look. <clears throat> Let's take a break while you look at that next one. A few days goes by. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, Jesus leading the way. The disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the 12 aside. He'd taken them aside over and over and over, told them what was going to happen. We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests, teachers of the law. They'll condemn him to death, and we'll hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he'll rise. And they're sitting there saying, they're looking at each other saying, what? They, they didn't get it, Al. All the way to the time, the authorities, they didn't realize it is written ahead of time. Right. This is what's fixing to happen. Yep. Jesus read the minds of the whole bunch, and he picked out his time frame, not theirs. He picked it. And it came to fruition. You got Luke recording this, Luke 18, 31. I'm just looking at the text that says Jesus knew what was going to happen. It wasn't like an ambush, Al. Like, we got him now. You see what I'm saying? They well, thought he just it was, but he knew, didn't. Yeah, they, he knew that they would just. Do you remember knew. how many times it said in John? Here's and Luke. they didn't understand this until after his resurrection. So. I gave you Matthew. I gave you Mark. Here's Luke. We're going up to Jerusalem. Jesus took the 12 aside. Uh, and everything that is written by the prophets, the whole Genesis to Malachi, Jesus is coming. Jace, that's your favorite line. Well, these guys are here, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus is here. What's he saying? He's saying it is written in the prophets about the Son of Man himself will be fulfilled. He'll be handed over the Gentiles. They'll mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him on the third day. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from a mile. Yep. And they did not know what he was talking about. They thought, well, well, he, he's going to do what? He said, he said he's going to die. Yeah. In three days, he's going to be back again. We've we, we got to wait to that day. I, I, I don't know what we're going to Same like that. I it's kind of like, Al, some, Al, if somebody came to you and said, hey, Al, uh, I'm going to go up to Jerusalem. I'm going to go up to New York, and they're going to kill me, you know. But three days, I'll be back. I'll be raised from the dead. You're like, yeah. I, I, Cue the twilight zone. What, what, what? <laughs> so finally, you finally get over there, and you say, uh, we're in John, John 12, 32, and we covered that a couple, three weeks ago. Uh, now's the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world who's leading everybody astray with that blooming cell phone. Now the <laughs> prince of this world would be driven out. He's going to somehow conquer Satan through all of this. Yep. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, he will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Here's my only point. I gave you Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a little update. When Jesus was died on the cross, all that was planned out in advance. Sure. And it's a wonderful thing that it was, but even the disciples who were with him at the time That's right. did not get it. And, and I will add, most people on this earth, Al, 
they still don't get it. That's right. They don't get it. They miss it. Um, and to they that, just, they just. To Thomas that, Jefferson even he wouldn't go down that road. <laughs> to that point, in in John eighteen, I want to get y'all's take on this. So in verse four, Jesus, knowing all this was going to happen to him, which was to your point, went out and asked. So they all show up at the lanterns. Who is it you want? And they said Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. Yep. Which we missed that. That's another I am, Jason. It wasn't like, uh, you got the wrong man here. You, you and know. Judas, the traitor, was standing there with him. And went, Listen to this. This is what I want to get your take on. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I want to know what you think that. I think I know. I, I, I got a theory. Well, what I Because that's super weird. What I noticed is if you look in the, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every time something humbling happened to Jesus, there was also something amazing. Now, you can go look up all the things I'm talking about, but like when he was baptized, what happened? You know, heaven opened and, and here comes a you know, he was asleep on the boat. You know, what happened? You know, the, right. the storm. And then he did this awesome thing. So, and it's not just those two. I mean, I remember making a list one time, and I had about 20 times where whenever he humbled himself and did something, there was also, it's almost like there had to be a reminder of who, of this powerful being humbling himself. Mm-hmm. So I that's the only thing I thought. Because right. here it doesn't really make sense why that happened. Because they're there to round him up. But, there was something kind of like the transfiguration happened here, right. where it's just like they all fall back, but I don't think they knew they fell back. Maybe not. They're like, what just happened here? Well, I did. Not only did he predict his betrayal, uh, he was reclining. They were having the, the last supper. He said, I'll tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. So a lot of people say, well, you know, Jesus got rope-a-dope. One of his own guys rope-a-doped him, and, you know, he, you know, why didn't he do something about that? Leaning back against uh, Jesus, uh, Peter asked, Lord, who is it? Or John, who is it? Jesus answered, it's the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I've dipped it in this dish. Yeah. They're, they're like, what? He says, the one, the one that's going to betray me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a piece of bread. The one I gave this bread... He's a man. Watch. He dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. Jesus' words, what you're about to do, Judas, do it quickly. Yeah. So it wasn't like at any time uh, did he get in a bind and not know it. That's right. No. Well, I mean, he, he knew, but he still... When I find something, uh, let's take one last break. <clears throat> I find that fascinating too, Dad, because that tells me that Satan's fingerprints were all over the whole plot. That is correct. He had been, you remember, he had been nibbling on Judas all along, but now Judas finally in his mind just says, I'm in. I'm all in. The father of murder thought he had it all figured out. Which is really interesting to me because Satan's whole thing we know from the garden forward, is built on the law of sin and death, right? A person sins, they realize then they're going to die. They die spiritually, they're going to die physically. And Satan, that's where he does his work. I mean, his first thing was temptation, and he even tried it on Jesus. So it's interesting to me because that means Satan knew that Jesus had never sinned. Well, he knew that, uh... I know. Yeah. But now he didn't know the whole plan. Yeah. Or we found out later because he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have killed him. Well, he but saw it firsthand when the temptation. That's in, right. In the Which I went to that yesterday in my sermon. Yeah. You know, but that shows you that from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, Satan was plotting to kill him. Yep. And I, my theory Wait. is because the reason why is because every other man or woman had sinned. But mm-hmm. this was the first guy that never sinned. But he thought, if I kill him, then I control everything. Well, he he always used, when you think about it, what's he do to the innocent? He tries to mess them up, you know, have some sort of uh, immorality yep. or kill them. Yep. That's what he's been doing since the beginning. That's right. That's yep. why in Hebrews 2, you know, we look at it from hindsight's 2020, 
when Jesus died, you know, the evil one didn't know that that pretty well sealed his fate because right. he he died for the very two things I just talked about: getting you dirty and getting you dead. That's right. So that's why we talked about the cell phone. You said, "What's that got to do with?" I, I know Jesus knew that because I was reading this a while ago while y'all were talking. Jesus made an analogy. He said, whoever welcomes a little child in my name welcomes me. Now, why why would he say that? Because Jesus and little children have two things in common. Or, I mean, innocent. They have one thing in common. They're innocent. Yep. And so he was fully aware of his innocence. Of course, then he goes on to say, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large stone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea, which is one of the most graphic (laughs) images you could think of. But I like that our Lord and our creator feels that strongly about protecting the innocent. That's right. Don't do that. But then he also, which I think people like, I've had, these conversations with these parents and they're like, well, you know, where's your cell phone burst? I mean, they don't say it like that, but that's what they're insinuating. Well, they're saying and, the Bible and, doesn't address. Yeah. Well, I'm fixed to read it. Here's your cell phone burst. <laughs> this is right after the, the talk about Jesus is innocent. Same kind of thing we're talking about. What's the evil one trying to do? Attack him, dirty him up. That didn't work. So guess what's the next step? Kill him. He says, woe to the world. Because of the things that cause people to sin. Now, whatever thing it is, you can insert it in there, but I'll insert a cell phone. <laughs> Such things must come. Because we there are things on the planet that are used as vehicles to a sinful life. Several yep. of them. Yep. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad in the moment. But they and they invent ways of doing right. evil. That's right. But then it says, "But woe to the man through whom they come," which is my whole point. There's predators who prey on younger minds who are trying to get at them through the use of social media or you know whatever, and they hook them in. And I know that's part of an evil work. Because I just look at the people involved here. Whenever you start attacking the innocent, it's like me. No matter what I'm struggling with, when there's some 13 or 14-year-old that's vulnerable or looking at me as far as any kind of impression, oh, I'm going to do everything I can to give them a good impression. The exact opposite happens on a lot of these sites and these where pornography and, you know, some old guy saying, you know, an older guy asking for a young girl to, you know, share a nude picture of herself. Right. Well, that guy needs to be locked up. Oh, and yeah. this girl, she needs to wait two or three years before she gets on a cell phone. He's already how how locked- stupid are you? <laughs> yeah. How naive and immature that you would actually do it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But Jay, she said locked up. A lot of the ones who would lock him up. Or the ones doing it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you so say, widespread. That's so you a good keep point. waiting on somebody. But I've looked around, Jace. I can find no one but Jesus. I mean, He's the only yeah. one you can trust in. So you, well, that's why. That's why well, trying to, you know, well, the, the law will do what's right. They'll catch them. But it's like it's a revolving a revolving door. Look, if you can rob, loot, and shoot, now we got a little sexual immorality on the side over here. It's just not number one on their list yeah. to do something about it. And that's true. There's a lot of people in You power. remember those seven things the Lord hates, or I think that's in Proverbs or yep. Psalms. Six and, Proverbs. But one of them is, you know, hands that shed innocent blood, Yep. which is, I think, profound when we're, we're talking about this attack on our young people. And then you see Satan's attack on Jesus. I mean, it makes me mad. Yeah, me too. On how this went down, even though we talk about... God knew it because out of love, and Jesus knew it. Yeah, and He says this: "I am He," and everybody falls back. I do think there's something to Him being so humble that it unleashed His His power. Yeah. Another one I, that popped in my head is, you know, when He wept at Lazarus's tomb. Yeah, you see Him. I think 
I mean, that's how much humble can you get? Yeah. Well, what happened next? He raised a man from the dead. Right. I mean, something spectacular happened. So, and he wept in the moment, knowing he was about to raise him yeah, from the dead. Which right. I find right under the one you mentioned, Jace, hands that shed innocent blood, Proverbs six sixteen. A God hates a heart that devises wicked schemes, yeah. feet that are quick to rush into evil. <laughs> Where's that at? That's Proverbs six sixteen and following. Yeah, Proverbs six. Yeah. So we're almost out of time. I, I'll give my uh, opinion on the thing we started a minute ago. I never did get that in. And why they fell back? Right. So I looked up the Greek word there for that. Sometimes you get a little insight when something seems strange like that. Uh, Egoimi is the Greek word, and it's the same word that was used when he said, "Before Abraham was born, I am." That's the, that I am. He is that same phrase, Greek phrase used there. So I think you you hit it. The idea that what he when he described himself, it was so powerful in the moment. Even though they had come to grab him, they had to go down on the knees. I mean, when because it was that same phrase before mm-hmm. Abraham was born, I am. He's when he said, "Who are you looking for?" Jesus, I am, meaning I am all. And I, I just think, think it overwhelmed him. You know, like a time because then I, they got back up. You know, he said. Well, but that's why, I, in my mind. I think they probably didn't know it. It's like when the time when he spoke, but it said it sounded like thunder when God spoke. Right. And he's like, yeah, that was for y'all's benefit, obviously, because him and, and the Father are one. Right. But he's like throwing that out like we all get the idea. No, I don't get the idea at all. Why, why did it sound like thunder when God actually talked? I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, but he does, and I think in this case the same. Well, kind if you're outside thing. time and space, and you spoke, and it sounded like thunder, I mean, you know, he yeah. declared, "I am." It would have gotten my attention. Yeah, that's why when he said uh, the Hebrew writer said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which goes along with this "I am" theme. Right. When he said that, the power of the moment, and, and I do think there's texts like when he looked when when uh, the story about in the battle and. He opened his eyes where he could see all the yeah. the chariots of fire and all the angels. angels over the hills and kings. I think you have you have to realize all that's going on. This was a this was worlds colliding, really. Yeah, God's world and the evil world. Well, we see the word invisible a lot, especially in the New Testament, talking about evil and good. So yeah. there's the forces out there. I think there was a few moments of time where it stood still, and this was one of them. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, good stuff. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.